Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. Moms, yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and invite you to find your place in Colossians chapter 3. I want to take a few verses there that are going to mean something to us, hopefully, uh, over the next couple of weeks, this week and the two weeks to come. And um, this morning, I want to talk to you about being surrendered to truth, and I believe that a godly lady, a godly mom, is someone who is surrendered to truth. Truth's not always convenient, is it? I just uh, had a meeting with somebody this week, and that God's had them reading Scripture and, you know, kind of digging in a little bit, and has confronted them, and it's like, you know, they had ideas about something in their mind, as we all do, been there myself, and then you see for yourself what the text says, and you go, I would like to read into it, I would like to add something, or maybe take something away, but guess what? If I'm going to say that I believe truth, I don't get the privilege to add anything to it or take anything away from it. Our society is almost inundated with ideas that it's okay to just take bits and pieces because all historical books, all uh, of the human lifespan that we, uh, we live in, we, we generate knowledge and we learn things. And as we learn things, we can change things. And we just start adapting our lives to whatever we think is right. And we'll take a little bit from here and a little bit from there. But that's not how the Christian life goes. That's not, not how God intends for us to live. God intends for us to, by faith, trust that His Word is true and that it's best. How, how many of you have ever been confronted by truth in your life? This truth. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I've, I've had times even as a pastor, I go, man, you know what? I, re I really and truly do not want to have to deal with this. But then if I'm going to be right before God, and that's my number one concern... I'm going to have to deal with that truth. So in Colossians chapter 3, those first three verses, they say, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. He says, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Let me pray. Father, as we open your word today, and as we look at 
uh, a few different scriptures and a, and a few thoughts. My prayer is today, God, that you would rightly challenge us through your word. Some things are going to be hard to hear. Some things are going to be tempting to take in a wrong way and maybe get arrogant and prideful with them. My prayer is, God, that you would, the things that are, that cut deep, that you would be there with the salve to, to administer an ointment, God, that would bring us to a healthy place. Those things that would cause us to maybe take our own fleshly ideas and become arrogant and prideful. May the Spirit of God quench us from that. And above everything else, God, would you exalt the truth grace and mercy that is seen in the life of one of your precious daughters and many in this room that choose to live godly. Would you exalt that for your glory in Christ's name? Amen. Surrender to truth. The Christian life, and, and ladies, I, I am primarily dealing with y'all and, and, and also going to deal with some ideas about motherhood but it hits all of us. And guys, next week, it, I'm diving in on us. And we'll have Father's Day. We need a double dose. Can I get a witness? Uh, Y'all missed an opportunity, ladies. The guys need a double dose. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> we, we, sometimes we've been accused of having a hard head. I can tell you this much, and I have to admit it. After raising three daughters... And seeing the guys come around. We're, we're behind, guys. We're behind. There is, there's some catching up to do. Um, but that's all right. We have a God that has, has it uh, laid out for us. And I believe we can, we, we can get there. So I want to walk through some truths. This is not typical me as far as preaching goes. A lot of times I just dig into a text and stay in that text. But I, I believe we're there but this is a little bit more uh, uh, spread out than I would normally be. But I do want to communicate some truths to you this morning that I believe can change your life. But I also believe we need these to change our world. Our world is in a mess. Our communities are in a mess. We haven't seen yet the height of it. But the snowball is picking up steam. It's getting bigger. And it's not all happened at one time. This has been happening for a while. Little seeds of discipleship have been planted. I believe they were planted in our school systems. I believe they've been planted in our homes. And now we are reaping the benefit of letting other people disciple our kids instead of us discipling them. Now, I know that's not true in every home. And I want to go ahead and put a little uh, precursor out there. Everything that's going to be said today might not be true about your home. And if it's not, I mean, if, if the good stuff is true about your home and the rough stuff is not true about your home, then you ought to praise God for that. But for the most part, our society's flipped upside down. Here, here's you a truth number one. 
The truth is that women were not created to be everything for everybody. Now that's true of both of us, men and women. But I'm just going to drive that point home today because ladies, I want you to hear this. And guys, I want you to hear it too. Ladies were not created to be everything for everybody. There's only one that was created that can be everything for everybody. I say created. Let me take that statement back. There's only one that can be everything for everybody. And that's God himself. There's only one that can handle all situations at all times and never grow weary. Listen to a couple verses of scripture here. In, in Mark chapter 6, verse 29 through 32, we have the account where John the Baptist has been beheaded. And we pick up in verse 29, when his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. And then the apostles gathered to, uh, uh, to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. There's a lot of ladies in this crowd that it's talking about there. Things were so hectic that they didn't even have time to eat. I've seen a lot of times where in ladies' lives, you're serving people so much that you don't even eat yourself. And you're taking on all kind of responsibilities and all kind of things. I just want you to hear this morning that you are not created to be everything to everybody. You don't have to fix every ache. You don't have to fill every void. You don't have to be God to people. You need to take them to God. Listen to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts, minds through Christ Jesus. That's a lesson that I've had to learn, but I can't even imagine what it's like for you. Because I'm fixing to hit some points here in just a moment. that are going to speak a lot about our society. That's why the first thing I want you to hear is you cannot nor you sh should you be everything to everybody the people around you are going to have to realize that you're a human being and i know you want to serve god's built it into you i mean he has designed you and all of this has to do with you being filled up in the christian life being all that god intends for you to be did you know that god intends for you to be great in who he's made you God intends for you to shine out for his glory. God intends for you to just glow with his greatness. We wouldn't have anything hardly in life if it weren't for you. I mean, y'all provide so much to the life of the homes that we live in, to church life. I mean, I, I'm thankful for men. Like I say, we'll deal with that another day, but I want you to hear my heart. I thank God. As a pastor, I thank God for the ladies. As, as a husband, I thank God for the ladies in my life. My mom, my wife, my children, having three daughters. I think our granddaughter, our first granddaughter, I think she's going to end up ruling the house. Uh, I just seen a post that they put on Facebook this morning. We call her sis. We call her Evie Kate. Some people call her boss. 
Some of you, I believe, might could do with getting to the side a little while and taking a break. Do you know that the truth is that the pressure to fill the void is very real? Now I want to explain this one to you because now we're going to start landing into something. That the truth to fill the void is very real. And whether you realize it or not, men are not always what they need to be. Yeah, I know it's surprising, Dale. <laughs> it's, it, it shocked me when I sat down and thought about it. That, that, you know, men are just, I mean, sometimes we just ain't where we need to be. And let me just say this. Even men that choose to live godly are not always 100% where we need to be. And if we're not, then what about those that are not even choosing to live godly? Those that don't care anything about God. What's that like? Did you know that no society will ever rise to a greatness greater than the homes in that society? That's why the enemy knew he needed to devour our homes. You say, he'd come to dive in on the church. Well, he did, but he did it by going to your house and to the houses of others. Because if you can destroy the very fabric of the home, then guess what? You can destroy an entire nation from within. That's why a home is held to be so sacred in God's Word. That guys, that we were to guard that home, and ladies, that you have a, a beautiful place in that home. And I want you to hear me right off the bat. I, that does not mean barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. Can I get a witness? Not just all, that, that's all it's about. I want you to hear my heart. I don't want you to not tune me out because I'm going to say some hard things this morning to get. As a matter of fact, I had uh, one of our staff members proofreading some of this stuff and some thoughts there because I'm not a lady. Contrary. I mean, hey, I'm not, I'm not a lady. I know that. That's a great thing to know in this day and time. Can I get a witness? That's a great thing. I mean, that's, I feel an accomplished person. By the grace of God, and I just put it that way, by the grace of God. But as she was reading them, she stopped, and I was like, Did I, there's something wrong with what I wrote here? She said, no, you just got to give me a minute. Because it's hard to hear some of this stuff. Did you know when they were going to take Jericho, that God gave them some unusual instructions. I mean, if I'm a guy in the days back then, you know, you're a warrior. I mean, you're going out and you're, I mean, it's, you got to think about it. it it's, a, it's a brutal life for a man back then. I mean, you don't go to Walmart to the meat section and pick up supper. Can I get a witness? I mean, it, it's a little different, you know, and, and, and I mean, it's, uh, you know, warfare is not sitting around with joysticks flying drones. Warfare is frontal. It's all up front, in your face, real, real war. And God says, I want you to go march around the city, blow trumpets, do this for seven days. The walls will fall when you shout. Really, God? 
I mean, think about it. You know, how would you put yourself? I, I, I've used this illustration. We're going to go take the money out of a bank downtown Kings Mountain. We're going to go down there and march around it and blow some trumpets, and we're going to shout. And they're going to come out and hand us the money. Right? How's that going to work for you? Not too good, right? God, are you serious? This is how. And did you know that they actually accomplished what God wanted them to accomplish? And God did his thing, and it all worked out. And he did it through means that made no sense to anybody around there. I know you think that you need to take the baton for every sorry man in society, but I got news for you. There are some things that God does not intend for you to do. And I realize that you say, but the work needs to be done. But see, God, there is a point, and I can't, I can't draw that line for everybody in every place. I mean, the, the, a lot of it's situational, but there is a point in time to where things can go undone rather than doing them the wrong way. And that's hard. I mean, I'm one that believes that, guys, we ought to share in some of the duties around the house. I, I don't have a problem with washing a dish or two or, you know, just occasionally. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I actually try to contribute a lot there. Obviously, I'm not very good at it because she washes them again after I washes them, but, but I try. I mean, I'm, I'm trying. Did you know that she's not always, ladies, you're not always able to actually do some stuff around the house you know I mean sad commentary isn't it when mom is down for whatever reason and dad's down too but he's down in the recliner just wait till next week um, but sad isn't it no rest for the weary Our society has pushed the idea that you can do anything that men can do and you can do it better. And you know what? In a lot of cases, the actual fact of doing it, you might be able to. But the question we need to ask ourselves is, should you? Because see, the whole point here is to choose to live godly. The whole point here is to have God's favor on our lives. Uh, listen to a couple of but First Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I want you to hear how serious this is. That God's attention is on this. That if anyone does not, and I'm not talking about just bringing home a paycheck. There's a lot more that comes along with providing for a house than just bringing home a paycheck. Some men want to be so checked out that they'll spend their whole life at work and never spend any time at the house. And so I'm trying to provide. You're providing, all right. You're providing an opportunity for somebody to come in and destroy your homes, what you're providing, whether it be the school system or whatever. But see, ladies, I just want you to hear the fact that 
Before I finish this one, let me just give you the next one so that I can kind of roll them together. The truth is that God knows your struggle. Truth is, God knows your struggle. 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and, vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. And he's not talking about salvation there. He's talking about doing life together as godly people. That your prayers may not be hindered. That it's so serious, the void that can be in your life, because of a guy not doing what he needs to do, that God would even hinder his prayers. Ephesians 6, 4, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So it's a serious thing. And ladies, I just want you to hear the fact that just because it's a serious thing, you have no right to become God. I know that there are some things that if you didn't do them, and their necessities, they wouldn't get done. All I want to say is this. Thank you for picking up something that, did not, that you didn't deserve. Thank you for trying to walk in shoes that God never intended for you to feel. But you cannot, you cannot let that become a mentality that says, or a philosophy that says, that we're just going to do away with the men, and we're just going to take care of everything. I'm talking about godly people, okay? The world is going to do what the world's going to do, but did you know that we have great influence on the world if we'll actually act like the church? And that's what's needed today. See, we think that we can go in and take things by force, but the truth of the matter is, do you know how you win this battle? We start discipling within the homes again. We start doing what we're supposed to do. We start marching around the walls of Jericho. We start blowing trumpets. We start, shout, start shouting for the glory of God. We start raising godly homes. We do things that look contrary to what the warfare of the world looks like, and we have a God that rescues we have a God that redeems. We have a God that restores the right fit in the home for each and every person there. But see, our problem is we don't want to live by the truth. We don't want to give God a chance to do what only God can do. It, it took a, a solid 60 years or more for the socialist agenda to undermine our school systems. Now, if you don't like that, fine. Come sit down and talk with me sometime. I'd love to talk about stuff like that. Don't be some keyboard coward. But the truth of the matter is, we've sit back as the church and not done our job as we should have done. Because that's how God will change a society. It's through discipleship. And it's going to take some time. You, you look through Scripture and you'll find where God worked sometimes 40 and 70 years with people to get them to a point to where they could bring glory to Him again. That's a long time, is it not? You know what's sad? Is that other people believe in what they believe in more than we believe in what we believe in. Because for them to work over 60 years to try to get an ideology that we're being, having thrown in our face at this moment... 
will the church of the Lord Jesus Christ dig in and do the same? I think if anybody ought to, we should. If anybody. Truth is, God knows your struggle. Psalms 146, 9. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. I heard this phrase on 106.9 yesterday. And I just, I was like, you know what? I got to write this down. I'll try to do whatever I can for my mom. But God can do whatever he wants for my mom. I'd love to do everything I could can for my mom or for my wife, and I hope you would too. But I want you to know something, ladies. God can do whatever He wants for you. It's time we start believing again. You say, I, I believed before. But see, here's, here's the difference, I believe. Here's the difference. You shouldn't be by yourself trying to believe this. You should be a part of, of a biblically-based, God-fearing body of believers that come together in unity, believing by faith that God can do great and mighty things. That's why He doesn't want us to forsake the assembling together of ourselves. He has a plan for the church, and you are a part of that plan. You are a great piece of that plan. Let me read a, a, another verse of Scripture here. 1 Peter 3, listen to 1 through 6. Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arrang, arrang, arranging the hair, wearing gold, and putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. I want to read just the rest of that, but I want you to hear, this is, I'm, I didn't come up with this. He did. The moment your hand goes on your hip is the moment that God may be displeased with you. You say, it's the only way I know how to fight. It's the only, I've, I've done been trampled on. God knows that. Let me speak to you from the heart of a pastor for a moment. Did you know that everybody that chooses to live godly shall suffer persecution? I'm going to say that one more time. Everybody that chooses to live godly shall suffer persecution. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trust... Y'all know this is in the New Testament too, right? You, I just want to make sure it's clear because somebody would go, that's some Old Testament stuff there preaching. No, 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 no. This is right up in the New Testament. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. And let me just kind of sum that up for you. You are a fierce weapon in the hand of God when you let him fight your battles for you. I'm telling you, speaking from experience. I, my, our church family, if you're visiting with us, you might have not have heard this, but our church family's heard this plenty. I love, it's intoxicating for me to smell a new car. 
I mean, I'm serious. I have to stay away from it. It's like crack or something. I mean, it just, I can't. I mean, it's like, wow. And my eyes look different. My attitude, I mean, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> my, <laughs> but did you know that my, my wife started fighting a battle in the armor of God? She said, I'll tell you what, as long as you've cleared this with God and he's okay with that, he, she said, because you're the one that's going to stand before him responsible for those decisions in our house. Did you know that there's power in submission? As a matter of fact, it's power under control, isn't it? Not Christy? She's helped me understand what a godly lady looks like. Power under control. I tell you one thing, if you go do this, no, that's not what power under control looks like. Right? Power under control believes that God is sovereign. Believes that God can change. You say, but I've prayed before. But did you, let me just throw this. Were you living in the fear of God when you were praying? There's a lot of people out there that pray. But there's also a lot of people that pray that don't care nothing about the things of God. And let me just go ahead and say this. If you don't care anything about the things of God, don't blame God for what's happening in your life. If you're not going to serve him, don't blame him for what's coming down the pipeline. Don't blame him if he don't defend you. Don't blame him if he don't come through on your behalf. The truth is, you're responsible for living out who God called you to be. The truth is, you are responsible for living out who God called you to be not who God called somebody else to be. I'm going to read a few, uh, a few verses here, and I want you to hear a few things. I want to be an encouragement to you with these. Titus chapter 2, and I, I want you to hear, remember, I, I, I put a precursor out there. This, I am not one that believes that people, that ladies, you ought to just spend all your time in the home. But there are things that you can do in the home that we as guys cannot do. We can't feel that void as much as we would want to. And I know there are situations with single moms, single dads, and I'll get to that in a moment. But I'm telling you, you can't be everything to everybody. Titus chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, and that the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. And that is the point. I'll, I'll never forget the day that they voted me in as the youth pastor at Batcave Baptist Church. Right after that, they had this little reception. I don't think it was for me. It was something else that was going on. But there was this little reception. We was kind of hanging out back there in the little fellowship area. And an older lady come up to me and she said, boy, I sure am glad that they've got you now because you can teach these young ladies how to dress. I took my Bible and I opened it up to Titus chapter 2. And I said, ma'am, if you've got a moment, would you read verses 3 through 5? She said, what? I said, yeah, it's a Bible, read it. 
three through five. She read it. I said, sounds like it's your job, not mine. And so why you been laying down on the job? It's not the preacher's nor the church's responsibility to train your children up. It's yours. And you do that by a godly example. You say it's not getting through. You just keep pushing on, Mom. Hear my heart. You're not called to be their friend. You're not called to be their buddy. You're called to be their mother. You're called ladies in the church even if you don't have a child right now, that maybe they've aged out of your house, maybe you never have had a child, but you are a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are, you are called to be an example for them. They're not our buddies. You can let them be your buddy all you want to, and you can tell me I'm wrong, and you can come up with all your philosophies. I'll take this book. This book says I'm not called to be their friends and their their their, their buddies go to the ball games with them all the time that's all there ain't nothing wrong with that stuff but they've got to understand that there's a difference i'll speak some about it next week but if my kids mess with that woman sitting over there they're gonna get my wrath why because that's my wife before that's their mom and they need to know that they need to know that dad is there and, and let me just i i had this on my heart last night this is so out of, out of the edge, but I'm going to say it because I've said it before and it needs to be said because I think that you need to hear it, guys, with the ladies here on their day so that it will be honoring to them. If you are a punk that talks trash to your wife or other women and you physically abuse another woman, come on down to Chestnut Ridge and sign up back there. We got some men around here that love to talk to you for a little while because that ain't right. It ain't right. And ladies, I want you to hear, it ain't right. It ain't right, but it happens. But nevertheless, in the midst of it all, you have a strength in the submission to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that God fights for you, that God loves you. God has called you with a purpose Proverbs 31. I may not read this whole thing. I just want you to hear just a couple of spots. Verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Her heart, the heart of her husband, safely trusts her. She will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She brings food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. And from her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands uh, to the distaff and, and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. She, 
Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised." Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. As a pastor, I've heard ladies say, I watched my grandmama go through all that and I ain't going through it. Oh, that you would be the kind of woman that some of your grandmothers were. I watched ladies like that go through some things. You know what? I don't care that it's online. It's the truth. And I lived in it. My mama's mama loved Jesus Christ, loved her children and her grandchildren, and she had to endure a good many things. Do you know what happened Right after she died, God changed my granddaddy. She had an eternal perspective in mind. If she, maybe if she hadn't had an eternal perspective in mind, they might not be together right now. She lived her life in such a way that the glory of God was just running off of her. Every time we seen her, we saw Jesus. And everybody that saw her saw Jesus. Did she go through hell on this earth? You better believe it. But she did it with dignity and grace for him. You say, I'm not putting up with that. I don't have to. You don't. You don't. You have your right to do with whatever you want to do. All I'm trying to tell you is that everybody in this lifetime goes through stuff when they choose to live godly. That's all I'm trying to tell you. And, and let, me, let me finish things up. The truth is it's hard to live with overflow when you're giving more than you're receiving. It's hard to live with overflow when you're giving more than you're receiving. I knew I had a lot of ground to cover, so let me do my best to, to land this thing. Simply put, you have to get your time with the Lord. I know there are situations out there that, you should not, that some people should not be going through. And, there, and God knows that. And there is, there is reservation for some of that. Nobody should be physically abused. Can I get a witness? Nobody should be physically abused. But you need to take time. If Jesus had to take time aside, you need to take time aside to be strengthened, to be filled. The truth is the church should be healthy enough to provide support. The truth is, in the right situations, the church should be healthy enough to provide support. 
In other words, there are situations in the case of widows, and let me just say that in our modern day lifetime, there are single moms out there that have a man living in the house that they're married to. You catching what I'm putting down? Just because you're there doesn't mean you're there. And sometimes it's almost like being a single mom. Sometimes it's like being a widow. Some people wish that they were widows. That's a joke. But some people wish that they, anyhow. The truth is, though, that the church, a healthy church, should be there to support. That if you don't have a godly man in your life, or if you are a widow, or if he has abandoned your situ you and your situation, then in those cases, I believe the church, the godly men of the church, ought to be there to help you. Like, let's say you've got an unruly young boy. You ought to be able to turn to the godly men of the church so that they can sit down and have a conversation with him and guide him and lead him. Those are healthy things, but we don't do those things, do we? But we should be doing those things and beyond those things. The truth is that if you are seeking to live godly, you should be recognized. I want to try to end on a good note, on a high note here. I believe it's all good, but I think we're end on a high note. You know, Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please Him. But he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And I could go to countless scriptures where we ought to honor people. We ought, because if God is even going to honor them, why in the world wouldn't we honor them? And if you are a lady, a mom, who is striving to live godly, today we honor you. We, we want you to know that the Lord, He looks upon you with pleasure. That's all God wants us to do is be obedient to Him, right? And if I can throw any last thing in there, it's not about how much you do. It's about what you do right for Him. So ladies, I just want you to understand, you're not, you were not created by God to be everything for everybody. Take that deep breath and let that settle in. But you do need to be who God's called you to be. And if you are going through struggles, God knows those struggles. He watches those struggles. No greater gift, I don't believe, has been given to the family like the gift of a mom. I mean, there are folks in this room, and I have friends, and I've looked on Facebook this morning. Folks, their mom's not here. Their mom's gone on. My mom, you pray for her. I think she's supposed to be riding up here in just a little bit to be with us. That's a, that's a, a special occasion for me because I don't, being a pastor, I don't get to go to church with my family hardly ever. I love my mom. My wife says that I'm a mama's boy. As long as she keeps cooking pound cake like she cooks, I'll stay a mama's boy. But anyhow, that's all right. But <laughs> we appreciate you. We want you to know, ladies, if you are not old enough and you're, you're, you've not become a mother yet and you're just a young lady, we want you to know that it is our goal here to be an influence in your life so that you might be a godly woman for the glory of God one day. That, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would become real in your life. So if you don't have mom, we're praying for you today.
If you have mom, go hug her. Even if you got to drive a little bit, go hug her. Even if it's difficult, go hug her. I can't say it again. Go hug her. Because there's a lot of folks in here to tell you you should because they wish they could do, do the same. And for all you in the trenches right now, we're here for you. We're pulling for you. We're praying for you. And we're here to support you. And we appreciate you. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me, that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us, and so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Amen. God bless you guys.